0: we right
1: Hello and welcome to Mass Mayhem. This is episode 22. I am one of your hosts, TfJ and Mike. Joining me is Tune Master Tim. Hello. Good to be back. Hello. Yes. Uh, uh, there's only. There's only. that. That's all I need to say. There's only. There's only
2: <laughs> eight episodes left. And it can't go any faster. Oh
1: my god.
2: Yeah, it's like when I took the DVD out this time. Because, uh, you know... <laughs> Fog on Boulder Hill is like the end of one of the discs. And I'm like, okay, is this next one the last disc? And I just see, oh, it's, you know, the next to the last disc in the set. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're getting so close to the end. I can't wait. But that's just the first uh, season. We still have the racing season to go.
1: Yeah, the racing season's only 10 episodes. That's not, I mean, you know, honestly, if I really wanted to do something really cruel to us, I would take the racing season and instead of splitting it up the way Optimus Solo has it split up is I would take the racing season and combine it into two episodes, five episodes in each, ep- in each podcast and then find something else to rank or do some sort of ranking with the leftover podcast episodes. <laughs> Cause I mean, the racing season is not, is not a problem for me. Um, but yeah, on the on the DVD set, uh, Volume 5, Disc 2 is Fog on Boulder Hill and Plunder of Glow, Glowworm Grotto, which is two of the three episodes we'll be talking about today. And then Disc 1 of Volume 6 is uh, Stone Trees, which is the third episode. I loved when we did um, uh, the last two episodes, starting with Spectre of Captain Kidd and ending with uh, Everglades' Oddity, because they were all in one disc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, we're we're back. We're we're still enduring this god awful cartoon. You know, at this point, I've watched I've watched many eighties cartoons, but in doing these podcasts over the last six, seven years of my podcasting career and GCRN's lifespan of five and a half years, uh, you know, I've done G One, I've done Beast Wars, Beast Machines, I've done Transformers Animated, I've done uh, next year, I'm, I'm currently in production for a podcast that will be starting next year for Jim. Uh, okay. Uh, and Mask is, you know, Kevin and I are still doing the He-Man show and we'll be, you know, getting into She-Ra next year and all that stuff. So far, without a, I mean, I've seen episodes of She-Ra outside of Secret of the Swords, so I, I know what the cartoon is like, but I haven't really gone back and I'm trying not to go back and watch them before we actually do reviews of them. Yeah. Um and honestly, Mask is the worst out of all of the action cartoons. It's just... I can't even say it's phoned in. It's just plain bad. I, I know there are people... If there—if we still have listeners, because I know in the beginning when Kevin and I started the show two years ago, you know, people probably heard the first three or four episodes like, oh, that's all they're doing is bashing the show. Well, yes and no. We are bashing the show, but... We are also pointing out why this show is so bad. I I don't under like the concept is wonderful. It's it's you know, you just get rid of the kid and, and, and the robot and it'd be great. Um but I mean, out of all the eighties cartoons so far, this is the worst, and I hate saying that. <laughs> All right, so we are going to get to the episodes. First up is Fog on Boulder Hill after this.
0: Don't switch it off, ma'am. You'll crack the block. Can you open the hood? I really don't know. I I just got this car, you see. It's the first time I've driven it. Would you mind if I had a look? Oh, certainly. Certainly. I'm afraid I don't know very much about cars. Hush, Cleopatra. It's not nice to bark at people. Scott, can you bring me the hose? Mrs. Simpson You used to babysit for me Scott Tracker My, how you've grown And Mr. Tracker It has been a long time, Mrs. Simpson And this is T-Bob Nice doggy Good doggy Well, I'm afraid You cracked your water pump, Mrs. Simpson Oh, dear Is that bad? It means I'll have to drive into town and buy one I don't have any of that making stock. Mrs. Simpson, Buddy could drop you off at your house. How kind of you. Would you like to come with us, Scott? Could I, Mrs. Simpson? Can I, Dad? Think you can stay out of trouble? Sure thing.
2: What should I do? You stay here and mind the station while we're gone, T-Bob.
0: Mind the station? Some job. They go have the fun while I sit here and be bored. Would you like me to make you fun just like I used to when you were little? (laughs) Someone should report them. Just
2: what I'm thinking, Mrs. Simpson.
0: Heads up, gang. You've got company with a capital B.
1: So, Fog on Boulder Hill uh, is the 54th episode out of 75 for Mask. Venom kidnaps an old woman who is hiding $20 bill printing plates. Venom wants the plates so they can make counterfeit money. Okay, I'll give one point to this episode. It's not a treasure hunt. It's not an an actual die-in-the-wool, heres a map Go to this cave and get this treasure. So I'll I'll give it one point for that.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was one of the things I thought too. Is like, okay, this is finally something different. You know, we're we're starting out different. We're not in some exotic location or anything. Um, You know, we see Boulder Hill and the fog comes in and the Venom vehicles come in and you know it. and, And there's this old lady driving this car and we're helping her out. It just it was different from any other episode we've seen in the series so far.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's very, very refreshing. I wish they would do this more often. The sad thing is, I <laughs> when I was watching this plot unfold, I'm like, okay, so Matt Tracker is essentially Richard Chance, and Miles Mayhem is uh, Rick Masters. I, ba- it, 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 It's basically... The exact same kind of plot that was in To Live and Die in L.A. from 1985. I love that movie. Okay,
2: yeah. I've (laughs) seen it. I've only seen it once, though. It's been a while.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, It's got a very, very young William Peterson as Richard. A a very young Mm -hmm. Grissom from CSI. And and it's got a very, very young green goblin in it norman osborne oh my god willem defoe back when you were great um yeah but yeah no that was the first thing i thought of when i when i was watching this and saw the plot of like they're looking for printing plates okay they want to make cut okay that's i like the plot it's it, it it's interesting finally it's not the same old same old as we said um, at the same time, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of things I did like about this, which we'll get to when we turn on the high beams, but there are also a lot of things that I did not like about this one. <laughs> Any other uh, thoughts on the plot, sir?
2: Um, I, I kind of liked how it developed because uh, you know you mentioned that they were after the printing plate, but at first we didn't know why Venom was chasing after this old woman. Mm -hmm. um so uh, you know yeah scott's
1: teacher at one point or another nanny or something or other
2: yeah um and then t bob actually he's the one that overhears Rax during the fight say something about the plates and so that's how the mass team finds out what they're after but yeah i i like this one i like the direction it went i'm like you i had some issues with it um which we'll get to in a bit but there were also some highlights and those are coming up in just a second
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um so we're gonna turn on the high beams in a moment.
0: Light Would somebody please tell me what's going on? Ouch What the Here's something deep for them to think
1: about. All right, turning on the high beams. I only have four moments, so I know you might have a few more. But uh, finally, a Boulder Hill episode. I love seeing the set that they used for Boulder Hill, and I wish they would have used it more in the series. Um... Just one time, and I don't remember, the, this was after um, they had revealed Boulder Hill. This was after the, I think this was after the battle, but I don't remember exactly what happened to to this character. Uh, but the only time the entire series that I agree with and feel sorry for T-Bob was in this episode.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah? Why is that?
1: I think that was, um, I, I think it's when he got locked out. <laughs> and he had to, when he was in the gas station part, when the base transformed. Okay. And he got locked out, and I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> it's not good.
2: Yeah, um, it was great seeing Boulder Hill, though, and seeing it do all his transformations and, and everything. Um, I hope it's not the last time we see it, but I have a feeling that this may be the last time we see it in battle mode.
1: Yeah. Um The action scene where Rax fires at all the tires was awesome. I thought that was really cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: they're finally you know, doing some intelligent uh, attacks there. Uh, and we find out, finally, it only took them 54 episodes to tell us. Boulder Hill is in Nevada, so at least we know exactly where Tracker's Mansion is. And all that stuff because the whole time this podcast has been going on, I said, oh, it's it's out in California somewhere or whatever else.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, the only thing that I have a problem with that, kind of not transitioning into low beams, but to kind of piggyback off that is that at one point, like when they did the, the the Las Vegas caper, I could have sworn they had said that, oh, Las Vegas, well, that's in Nevada. it They made it sound like, and maybe this was just a writing problem in that episode. They made it sound like the mansion wasn't in Nevada. Uh, Well, like they had to travel a long distance. That's why I kept thinking it was in California. But at least we find out with this episode that it is in Nevada.
2: Well, that brings up a good question, though. I wonder if the mansion is close to Boulder Hill. I mean, I wonder how close they are in proximity. It may be the mansion is in California or someplace.
1: Why would you have an underground transit system that takes you a state away from where you, like, see, I, yeah, I,
2: I know, but when you see the mansion, I mean, it's surrounded by this forest and everything, I and mean, it's all this greenery, and then, you know, you see Boulder Hill, it's like out in the desert, so, I don't know, it's just one, one of the things I wonder, if, you know, how close they are, but it, yeah, it wouldn't make much sense. Like you said, no. have them that far separated. Because, I mean, every time Matt wants to go out in Thunderhawk, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. surely he's not driving across the state. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: all right. So, what, anything else that you liked about this one?
2: Yeah, there were several things I liked about it. It wasn't the best animated episode, but I thought there were some very cool vehicle transformations here. Uh, very well animated. Particularly, there was one with Thunderhawk that looked real nice. Um, man, Miles Mayhem, he really is evil. He I is. mean, he, he just treats his people so bad. He, like, calls them names all the time. He's always putting them down. Um, but in this one, he was actually going to drop the old lady's dog, Cleopatra, off a cliff into a ravine. That's how he got her to talk. He had the dog in a bag, and it's just like, oh my gosh, he's so bad. Um. Just pure evil. He really is. And, and there's some other episodes we'll get to a little bit later where... He's also just talking down to his minions. It's pretty funny. Um, T-Bob was actually useful here. Uh, He slows down Venom at Boulder Hill when they tried to get Mrs. Simpson. Um, And she was pretty good at herself at stopping the vehicles. Uh, She went around flattening tires and pouring soda into a gas tank and (laughs) doing everything she could to make sure that they weren't going to uh, be able to use their vehicles. So that was great. Um, And then the last high beam I have is that... um, uh, Rax was not allowing Miles to put the blame on him for uh, breaking the mint plates because at one yeah. point he drops it um, because of this oil slick. I think I think maybe Miles had had thrown down the oil slick or something, and Rax anyway Rax slips in it,
0: mm-hmm. and then
2: Miles runs over the plate, and then you know Miles is basically like, "You, you know. idiot!" You know, mm-hmm. and Rax is like, "You're not gonna blame this one on me."
0: No.
1: no.
2: All right, let's get to the low beams.
0: That's the last time I mined the gas station. You locked me out. I almost got blasted to bits. That is easy. I will fix you up with a couple of lasers, maybe a radar probe. Not on your microchips. If I had weapons, you'd expect me to fight Venom. Sometimes the best defense is to avoid the battle. What do you think, Matt? I think if T-Bob's our first line of defense, we'd better get some reinforcements. All right,
1: for the low beams, Powerhouse is his mask's power, really. He, he They put super strength as a mask power, seriously. Oh, God. that's That's horrible. Um... Nitpick time, that hose has no nozzle. The water would never be able to get onto the roof of the house to <laughs> douse the fire. No way. Uh, so Alex says before they arrive at Boulder Hill that they can't let Venom see how hurt the vehicles are. Yet when they arrive on the scene, the vehicles look brand new. Yay. Um, so you mentioned in your in your high beams, uh about Mrs. Simpson going around and putting soda in the gas tank and all this and all that and everything else, flattening tires. They all had flat tires. Yeah. How the hell can Venom drive away? Because they drive away from Boulder Hill. If all of their tires are so flat, how the hell can they, uh... And the PSA had something to do with flashlights and batteries for T-Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. What uh, what didn't you like about this one?
2: Well, as you pointed out, there were some animation errors. Um, and there was another one that I noticed is when Boulder Hill is transforming and the gas tanks transform into guns and they rotate. At one mm-hmm. point, the one gun, I believe it was on the left, actually disappears for a couple of <laughs> frames. Um, streamer, that thing just looks wrong um (laughs) for people that don't know what i'm talking about it's um one of the mask guys he can shoot water from basically like these two little nipple guns on his chest and that just does not look good (laughs) that just looks wrong
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh no (laughs) no It's a good thing they didn't have Vanessa or Gloria have that power. Yes, it is.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's maybe just a little bit above the nipples on his chest, but still there's two guns, and it just doesn't look right when when he's using it. Um, And then the last thing is, uh, I really like the title of this one, Fog on Boulder Hill, but we only see the fog in the beginning. It's kind of misleading because the fog's only purpose here was to... Kind of throw off Venom and also hide Boulder Hill as it's transforming and attacking the Venom vehicles. Mm. So it wasn't, this episode wasn't what I expected going into it. I was expecting something a little different. Um, Like maybe there was some mystical element to the story or something. Um, But I, I still enjoyed it overall, but just you know, I thought that they could have come up with a better title. I mean, I, I really, I do love this title, but I didn't really think it fit the episode. That's my problem with it. Yeah. What
1: would you uh, rate this one?
2: I'm giving this one four, um, because I, I actually like that they did something different this time. I mean, yeah, they're going after these plates, and they can print money, and I think they may have done sort of a an episode like that before, where they were going after money, minting plates, but... Um, it was still fun. Uh, a lot of action here. You know, we had some of the newer members of the teams. Um, and I thought the pace was pretty good. And and of course, you know, seeing Boulder Hill, uh, that was, that was just awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. We're, uh, for me, I'm going to give it a three. Um, I, I like it. I like the premise. I like the setting, just some of the nitpicks. I can't get past some of the nitpicks to give it anything more than a three. Uh, so we're gonna move on to the next episode.
0: This is the traditional Maori challenge. All visitors are greeted this way. Quite a welcome wagon, Chief. Now what do I do now? You pick the fern up and clasp it to your chest. If you are a friend. Well, I'm definitely a friend. What happens to foes? In the old days, the Mori warriors took heads for trophies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we are civilized people now, so your head is safe. (laughs) I'm glad. I've grown rather fond of mine. My friends, tonight we have great cause to celebrate. The Matt Tracker Foundation will help us to preserve our culture. Their representative, Julio Lopez, will join us in our feast tonight. Thank you, Chief Kayataya. Mr. Tracker and his son wanted to be here tonight, but uh, must have been delayed. They're flying in from Rotura. I Guess their arms got tired, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, up next we are Plundering of Glowworm Worm Um So, the last episode we had a really cool title. This one just sounds like something the Goonies would come up with, or I don't know. Yeah. Mask member Julio Lopez goes to New Zealand. Hey! He's going to be a Power Ranger <laughs> to help a local tribe preserve their land. There, he discovers a venom plot to steal pearls from giant clams that live in the
2: ocean. Oh, crap. Somebody help us, please. You remember there was a toy uh, called Glowworm back in the 80s? Yeah. You remember that? My brother, my mm-hmm. younger brother, had one. He's ten, year, 10 years younger than I am, folks.
1: Wow, you're old. Um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy for this episode and I can't, I'm trying to think of where this has been done before. And I mean, I'm not saying that this is completely original. It, It kind of is, but kind of isn't. But I'm trying to think of where I've seen this plot before.
2: I don't know. It's not too dissimilar from some of the other episodes we've seen in the series. I mean, where we have these well, natives. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, but but I'm saying, like, them trying to get the pearls out of. First of all, clams don't have pearls.
2: Oh, okay. You know, what you mean is, yeah, the giant pearl thing. That must have yeah. been used in other uh, cartoons, I believe, as well.
1: I mean, the, the, well, that's what I'm, I'm trying to think of. Like, the only thing I can really remember is. I hate to compare it to this because this is so much better than this show. But the only thing I can really compare it to is the underwater scene in Transformers the movie when the squid has Cup. It's the only thing I can – I mean, obviously it has nothing to do with the actual, the actual plot to this episode. But, yeah. like, it just I, – I don't know. I mean, this one I just – I – it's just laughable. This episode is so laughable because – Poor Rax. I mean, I like Rex as a character, but Jesus Christ, he's sitting there pounding on this. I'm going to call it a fucking oyster because I'm sorry, clams do not have pearls inside them. I've never heard of a clam having a pearl. I've heard of oysters having pearls, but not clams. Um, you know, he's sitting there pounding on these shells and everything else. It's like, oh, uh,
2: you sad, strange little man. <laughs> Rex really, he gets. He gets it in this one. He gets caught in a clam, and then later he gets thrown from piranhas. It's just like, he just yep. gets tossed around in this episode.
1: Yep. Oh, man. Uh, any
2: thoughts on the plot for this one? Not not too much. Uh, it's similar to some of the other ones we've seen. I mean, I don't know why we have to keep going back to, you know, these natives in jungles and different lands. I mean, I, I didn't mind it at first, but we've done it so many times. I mean, I don't i just would like to see something different i i wish they would try to expand a little bit and do something more original i mean yes they're probably going to do something we've seen in other cartoons or something but really they keep coming back to this um Mm -hmm. one thing that was kind of interesting too they did different here was that scott gets to meet a young girl that he seems to favor Yeah,
1: I'll talk about that when we turn on the low beams. Oh my god. Let's turn on the high beams first, though. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Gee, Dad, look at all those geysers in that volcano. That's the way Mango Thermal Valley. It's filled with geysers that the natives tap into for heat and cooking. Do you think we're too late for the ceremony? I doubt it. That storm took us off course. But Julio said that these native celebrations go on for quite some time. I'd rather have quiet sometime. I need my beauty sleep.
1: Turning on the high beams. <laughs> the scenes where they're showing what the mask agents are doing is so funny. I like those. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that was awesome. I like when we get to see those. So um, yeah, Bruce is he's a he's a toy developer or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's testing out this dragon toy, which can breathe fire. Yeah, I don't see any problems with that getting approved through the safety <laughs> commissions. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But it ends up uh, like falling out a window and like blasting a dog in the face. Yep. Um, Brad is riding a horse, so that's not uh, too far out of the, his wheelhouse. And then Gloria, she's dancing, and then she switches out partners. So yep. with
0: Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's
1: fine,
0: but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This guy, like, you know, twirls her or something, and all of a sudden... He's like dancing with some other chick.
0: Mm hmm. Uh,
1: there's a Lone Ranger joke in this. <laughs> I kind of had to laugh at that. Because I think Scott called T Bob Tonto or something or other. Um, you already mentioned that, you know, poor Rax has his head in the shell. <laughs> that was <laughs> hilarious. Um, the animation effects uh are great with the fight in the cave as venom is trying to get away with the pearls like i really did like the animation in that scene but the animation in the rest of the episode not so much some of it's just oh
2: yeah every all three of these episodes this week the animation was basically done by like the the c team i would say
1: yeah probably what did you like about this one
2: um basically just the things we mentioned. I didn't have very many high beams here. Um, the Giant Pearls was a bit of a surprise, um, so I thought that was okay, even though, as you said, we've seen it with some other cartoons. It wasn't uh, something I was going to dock points off for. And then again, Miles, he is just pure evil. I mean, he's using deception to trick this guy into helping them out. Um, that's just what he does. But, um, But yeah, those are my high beams this week. Or all right this episode well,
1: yeah <laughs> let's uh go turn on the low beams
0: hello kimosabi hey honorable sidekick it's about time you got here these trees and hills are going to make landing firefly a little difficult any suggestions i spotted some flat land near that old volcano crater when i was coming in you could try that you should be careful where you set down there's still geyser activity in the area Will do, Matt. I'll go with Julio's
1: Firefly. Alright, for the low beams. Bruce is now the Thunderhawk co-pilot, according to the computer. I know Bruce has been in the Thunderhawk several times throughout the series, but I've never heard her mention him as the co-pilot of any vehicle other than being the pilot of, of Rhino and obviously Alex is the systems commander of Rhino, but it's like, when did that, when did his status on the team change? I mean, uh, I, I,
2: that's a little
1: hmm. strange.
2: I don't know. I'm not sure if, if she's used that terminology before or not. I'm thinking I maybe, know. but I, I can't recall for certain. Hmm. Uh, mayhem
1: is so not smart enough for a bluff. Like they tried to pull. He's he's just not that smart. Um, Scott, really, all of a sudden, after 50-something episodes, now you're interested in girls. He's never shown interest <laughs> in girls until now. And honestly, she ain't that damn cute at all for, you know, his age. It's like, oh, God. Um, and then animation error I noticed was, uh, Rax's mask goes right through the pearls. Um, like he falls or something and the animation shows the pearl going straight through his entire skull mask.
2: <laughs> I didn't catch that.
1: Yeah. I'll see if I can go back and grab it to put it in the, in the episode post. If I remember, um, what didn't you like about this one?
2: I didn't really write down much here. I just wrote down one, which is – I just wasn't interested in this one uh, from the beginning. And it just it's another one of those episodes where it took a while to move the plot forward. And mm-hmm. overall, I just didn't care.
1: Yeah. Same here. For me, I'm
2: going to give it a two
1: out of five. It's – there wasn't – any. Usually, when I give things like a one or a zero, it's stuff like what we had in episode 21 with the whole seatbelt thing and stuff like that. But, I mean, this is, it's mediocre at best. It's not the worst. At this point, all of the rest of these episodes, unless they stand out, could almost be twos. Because it's just, they're just there. And this is one of those ones where it's just there.
2: What'd you rank it? I ranked it one. Yeah. One mass. Um, We didn't talk about the PSA, but uh, it was about never light match. Yeah, I,
1: I, they've used that same one, different, said different ways, so many times. It's like, why even bother? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're gonna move on to the last episode of the day. After this. That was
0: quite a performance. Well, when it comes to climbing trees, no one can beat Black Fox. I bet T-Bob can. Huh? We got a big competition here. T-Bob, it's easy. Look at his boots. See? They have spikes. Can T-Bob borrow them? Uh-uh. You're not getting me in spiked heels. Not without a matching handbag.
1: Finally up today is episode 56 from Mask Season 1 entitled Stone Trees. Mask member Jacques Lefleur finds a stone tree inscribed with strange symbols. Venom later steals this tree, hoping it will lead them to a golden Indian totem. Okay, good night everybody. We're done. That's it. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> oh my god, they're back to tra- Alright, so let's see. Stone trees uh um I can't count plunder a glowworm grotto because that technically wasn't a well, it was a treasure hunt episode, but it wasn't a like a gold hunting episode. And then we've got uh, uh, for uh, you know, fog on Boulder Hill. So whatever the last one was before fog on Boulder Hill was the so they went like two and a half episodes before going back to the lame old treasure hunt plot.
2: I just wonder what they're going to do with this. I mean, they're after gold all the time and all these crazy devices. I mean, at least. Cobra from G.I. Joe says they want to take over the world, that they're on oh, yeah. world domination. But we, we don't know what the end game is here for Venom. No. I mean, do they just want to be rich? Do they want to take over a country? Are they wanting to dominate the world? I Are they wanting to just, you know, have some cash and stock in case they have to fix their vehicles again? I mean, I, I don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they're doing either um, at all. Uh and this plot is so... Bo- Again, another boring episode.
2: Um, do we? Do you happen to know where we're supposed to be located? Because, uh, I mean, it didn't say in the plot synopsis, I don't guess, but no, I couldn't figure it, that out. It's some... And the, and the reason why is because when we start off, we have these lumberjacks, and they all have terrible accents, and <laughs> you can pick up on, like, okay, you know, this is the guy who voices Alex and this is the guy who voices Bruce or something. Um, but they all have terrible accents and they all have like foreign names and it sounded to me like they might be French. Um, but then we see the Indian carving, so we're obviously in North America somewhere.
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah, it was weird. Like I guess it's, it's supposed to be some amalgam of France and America all in one. I I don't know. I mean, it, Yeah, usually they tell us where they're at. And yeah, they usually they do. No, never came up. Um, I'm not even going to go to... I mean, we'll, we'll do high beams here. I have two things written down. That's it. The rest of it just... Oh, God. Uh, T-Bob voided his own warranty. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just such a bad, bad joke. Um. Well, I think the reason I think the reason why we're assuming that it's a French episode is because there's a new French mask team member in, in Jock, or
2: maybe we've seen Jock before. I just don't remember mm-hmm. him. Yeah, we've seen him before. Uh, I
1: apparently we I didn't see enough of him because I completely forgot who he was. Um,
2: That's how forgettable some of these characters are.
1: Maybe they're French American Indians, so maybe we're in Canada. I don't know. Maybe we're in Quebec. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Uh, did you have anything that you liked about this one?
2: Uh, yeah, there were a few things. Um, first of all, I wanted to point out—you uh, know—we've been seeing some of the mask team members called, and we get to see what they're doing at the time. And yeah. you know, sometimes we see that, sometimes we don't. And then this one, when Brad gets called. Um, they mention that he is a rock star mm-hmm. and it almost cuts the transition to the scene after that doesn't look like it's going to show us what he's doing at the time he gets called it looks like it's just transitioning um. transitioning into the next scene that moves mm-hmm. the plot forward or something but we actually do get to see what's happening with him there are these, there are these girls outside the his dressing room or something going crazy so I, I, but i just wanted to point out that the uh... the transition in that scene was was different than what we've seen before where it's basically just a cut this was different um, i like the uh... comment that matt made about t bob climbing up the tree you know t bob scaling up the tree and and he says uh... t bob gets dizzy just going up an escalator i thought that was pretty funny Um, And actually there were some good attempts at humor here without using puns all the time. So that was Mm -hmm. a refreshing change. Um, Matt goes all dukes of hazard on this one in Thunderhawk. Um, So there are these trees falling down behind Thunderhawk and they're afraid they're going to get crushed. Um, So Matt's like racing, going as fast as he can, and then all of a sudden we see this log rolling towards Thunderhawk. And you know, Matt glances over to the the right and he sees this log sitting there. So he just like drives over and hits it. And next thing you know, he's driving on two wheels to avoid the rolling log. So, um, yeah, that was a Dukes of Hazard moment. But mm-hmm. I really, I re- and it was kind of surprising because I really thought, okay, he's going to transform Thunderhawk so I can fly and he'll just fly over this log. So it wasn't how I thought they were going to get out of that mess. And then, uh, Miles again, just just being nasty here. He's just such an evil jerk. He says something to this guy, one of the lumberjacks, I think it was. Um, it's something like, if I were going to pay you what you're worth, I'd get change back for my dollar. Because the guy's complaining that he's not getting paid yeah. enough. So I thought that was great. Um, so yeah, some good, good attempts at humor in this one. And then, um, to spoil the ending for everybody, it's it's funny that the uh, the totem isn't gold after all; it's amber, Yeah. so it's worthless. Yep. Yeah. Which is actually a low beam, but I, I just yeah. thought it was nice that it wasn't gold, and you know that the the masked team members didn't have to somehow get it from Venom. Venom's just like, oh, okay, just leave it. Let's get out of here.
1: Yeah, and let's just go ahead and transition into low beams, because the whole episode, the first, I don't know, five, ten minutes, we see this strange guy sneaking around and spying on everybody. And I'm like, who the hell is that guy? And then I realize, oh, it's just a random character thrown in to spy for Venoms. Like, seriously? Really? They could... Oh God. I mean, at least with the other... Epi- like, the... um. The Irish episode, at least that guy, at least they introduced us to him without just having some stranger running around the forest, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: But, again, these people are... I I have no idea what was going on with the staff that worked on this show at the time because it's like, oh, my God, so lazy. Uh, Again, another episode where it takes 13 minutes to have Venom show up. Yeah, I actually counted. It took them thirteen, twelve and a half minutes of this first episode, of this episode, of this last episode of the day. Here is like either Scott and T Bob or assembling the team or having some mystery about these trees that still.
2: I Ugh. exactly that that was one of my points as well in the low beams um, that I was going to yeah. get to is that you know, let's get on with the plot already. I mean, this is yeah. another episode where it took them a long time to to bring Venom into it, and then also it took. You said thirteen minutes before Venom showed up. Well, it took us six minutes to actually get to the point of the plot. Like, what is actually going on here? What's the big deal with these trees and the carvings Man. and all that? It, it shouldn't take that long to get this episode going. I mean, yeah. by this point, I'm, you know, I'm ready to just go outside and play. <laughs> And we are
1: children from the 80s, ladies and gentlemen. Not a lot of us went outside and played. (laughs) We were inside watching cartoons all day. Um, But yeah, I mean, this one was just so boring. Really, really was. Um, For me, the only reason why this does not get a zero is uh, the fact that you have T-Bob making the joke um, about his warranty. So... Again, as as much as I bag on T-Bob, at least he made one joke that I actually laughed at. <laughs> so, I'm going to give it a one out of five masks. What about you?
2: Yeah, I'm not too far off from that. I'm going to give it a two. Um, I, again, one of the other things here, Matt can just analyze damage to a log, and he can tell that it's cut by Scorpion, one of the Venom vehicles. Yeah. Just, that's... They're reaching. Yeah. Yes, yes, they are.
1: All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear some ads and some other stuff, and we'll come back with uh, the closing of the show after this.
0: Ah, brave new world that has such putzes in it. You know, kids, a lot has changed while your old Uncle Joker's been away. New Gotham, new rules. Even a new Batman. It isn't 65 years
1: in the future, but Legends of the Dark Knight has gone beyond. Batman Beyond, that is.
0: Ah, the new boy. Ears are too long and I miss the cape, but not too shabby. Not too shabby at all.
1: Join Steve and Mike as they delve into the remaining episodes of the podcast, where they'll cover Batman Beyond, products, games, and
0: more. Check it out only on GeekCastRadio.com. command the jaw fringe open yeah.
1: Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. It's PSA time, ladies and gentlemen. Take it away, Tim.
2: Okay, so plastic bags are not toys was the message, and that's fine. But again, why are we treating T-Bob as if he's human and he can breathe? He is the one that ends up wearing the plastic bag, and Scott has to tell him, no, T-Bob, don't do that. It's not a toy. You could suffocate. Why isn't T-Bob, or why isn't Scott, wearing the bag and T-Bob giving us the message?
1: I... You know, who even... I gotta look at my DVD set. Who the hell even did this damn series? Because, was this Deke? Because if this was Deke, then holy crap. They don't... It looks like a Deke
2: cartoon, but they don't have the Deke thing at the end. Yeah,
1: because I know this wasn't... I know Mask was not Sunbow, thank God. Because at least Sunbow would have done something, you know, good with this cartoon. Um, but, uh, you know, this is one of those things where it just is, oh my God, it's like they don't care about like the, 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 the PSAs are like so second rate. And so just there, I mean, some of them make a lot of sense and some of them absolutely do not whatsoever.
2: Okay. This was produced by Deke.
1: Yeah, well, whoever was whoever Deke had working on this show, um, oh God, yeah. no wonder Deke didn't last too long after this, because holy crap, it, it's just it so reminded
2: bad. me of the Deke animation, so I I thought it yeah. was, but it just didn't have that, you know, that bit of animation at the very end, you know, uh,
1: yeah, Deke, the, the, you yeah, know? The, yeah, the yeah yeah the the logo, yeah, I. I mean, we've tried to find out who who has worked on this show and whatever else. And we have, um, I mean, once, once we throw in the last disc of the set and, and watch the bonus features before we talk about the, uh, when we get to episode 30 of the podcast, uh, when we talk about the bonus features, I'm sure I'll have some names by then because I know that Brian Ward did interviews with several of the staff people that were on this show. But I just... I can't help but say it again ladies and gentlemen this is the worst action cartoon of the entire 1980s decade. It just is. I'm sorry it is.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean we, we talked about this earlier um, even off air, you know how we've watched a lot of 80s cartoons. I mean you you've done a lot for the GCRN even but even outside yeah. of that I know you've watched you watched a lot of the cartoons. Oh yeah. Um, and I have a lot of Old cartoon sets as well that I've watched, and this is one that's it's hard to get through. It just doesn't have something that makes you want to come back and watch it. I mean, yeah, I mean it has something, it has the, the cool vehicles, but the characters are just flat, the the plots are just redundant. It's just hard to uh to come back and watch it, you know, week after week. I could see like this being okay. If if you're a kid and, okay, it's 65 episodes and, you know, it it, it plays uh, for, what, 13 weeks? You know, if yeah. it's on, uh, you know, five days a week and, okay, you know, maybe you watch it occasionally and have a good time watching it um, mm-hmm. just to see the vehicles and whatnot. But it's not a show that I think many kids would want to come back to day after day. Mm-mm. Nope.
1: no, nope. And, you know, looking throughout this entire... Sixty-five, seventy-five episode run. To this point, we're at we we just did episodes fifty-four to fifty-six. So we're f- at, at the end of this podcast episode here. We're fifty-six out of seventy-five episodes in. I don't remember any of them being multi-part story arcs. I, and again, this is Deke. So I don't know, I mean, I know Deke when they eventually would do Captain Planet, they had a couple of multi-part episodes, but I don't know, I don't know the whole history of Deke's animation, other than usually when I just see the the little insignia at the end of a cartoon, but, like, Mask, this could have really benefited from getting an actual writer to come in. And I'm not saying these people that wrote for the show are not actual writers, but actually getting a good writer to come in and write a multi-part art, you know, uh, you, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, of a decent title here. Like, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just, you know, it just like the house of Shikodi part one and part two from he, man, the master's universe, or, you know, something Yeah. where, you know, uh, you know, as much as people hate the, the last three episodes of transformers, but rebirth, I mean, you know, Something that has an overarching story that isn't. This has gone, ladies and gentlemen. This, I haven't even this entire episode. I have not said anything about villain of the week. This has gone beyond just being a straight up villain of the week, straight episode. Because let's face it, even when they tried to give us villains of the week, it only turned out to be a, a lackey of, of Miles Mayhem or you know somebody Miles was using. I, I mean, it's all, the villain is always going to be Mayhem. I wish there was you know something more. I mean, at least with Jim and the Holograms, they had the Misfits for the first two and a half seasons, and the Misfits were still there in season three, but then they added, you know, Riot and and, yeah. and the Stingers, and, that, you know, there was a whole other, you know, tension, you know, and it's like this show is just... This show is like eating a bland bowl of soup. Chicken noodle soup without the chicken, honestly. It just... Oh, God. bye.
2: Any final thoughts before I close (laughs) this one out? (laughs) I think you've pretty much said it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Next week, or next time around, uh, when we come back, there will be an incident in in Istanbul. uh, And then we will be going to the Creeping Desert. And finally, next time, we will meet the Scarlet Empress. Uh, I I bet two out of the three of those are...
2: Our treasure hunts, guaranteed. Yeah, that's a bet I'm not going to take.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, yeah. Um, all right. Thank you for joining us here on Mass Ma'am. There are so ways to get in contact with us to leave feedback for the show. Send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Um, you can call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Uh, let's see. You can check out the website, geekcastradio.com. Comment on all the other episode posts over there. Uh, for now, I'm TF2 and Mike with...
2: Toonmaster Tim.
1: And remember, podcasting is the dullest weapon. Oh, Lord. Jeez.
0: <sighs> Good night, everybody. I'm Colin Baker. My name's Fraser Hines. Hi, I'm Daphne Ashbrick. This is Andrew Cartman. Hi. This is Colin Sporn. Hello, I'm Simon Fisher-Becker. This is Ian McNeese. Hi, this is Travis Ritchie. You listen to this, fuck Listen to Mark Who 42's Universe.
2: If you're into Doctor Who, listen to Mark Who 42's Universe. We always have the latest Doctor Who news, reviews, and interviews. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Radio Network and our home base Marku42.net
0: Marku42, the meaning of life
1: Illusion is the ultimate weapon